0: Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silbert Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And uh, this is also the campus of Nicolet Bible Institute, which is a one-year Bible college program that we host here. And uh, it's a great opportunity regardless of what you want to do in life, whether you're already in college, whether you're finishing up high school, whatever stage of life, really Nicolet Bible Institute. Yes, it's a college program, but I would say by and large, it is a it's a year where you can learn a solid biblical worldview foundation that you can apply to your life and, and use as a springboard in going forward, yeah. and uh, and so yes, there's some classes that that you'll be able to take that that do give you college credit depending on where you go, but you also are put in the context of serving and learning how to serve within a ministry. You know, here it's it's at Silver Ranch, um, you have opportunities to be mentored by people around you, and of all the students that have come to the program, I think it's been very foundational for a lot of people, uh, regardless of what, um, area of life or vocation that they've gone into. And so if you or somebody, you know, is interested or, or maybe just wants to check something out, it's affordable. It's only a year and it's life changing. So I encourage you to head over to Nicolet Bible Um, and come spend a year with us. We'd love to have you. Uh, you get to rub shoulders with all of our staff. Yep. Um, and you get to experience, um, even what God does in this place, which is fun to see. It's like uh, you would buckle up for the ride because it's fun to see lives changed in a lot of ways, including yourself. So yeah. Nicolet Bible Institute, check it out.
1: I might also encourage you to look at the opportunities that are available in summer. I think if you're in high school or you're in college, being at Silverbird Trans for a summer can be a critical part of your development as a leader um, and experience, both for your resume building and whatever else it might be.
0: Oh, a thousand percent. Uh,
1: people look at that immediately go to the top of the pile when they see that you've volunteered or you were working with children during your summers when you were at college or, or in high school. And that happens all the time, and we hear that all the time. So I encourage you, look at silverbrooktranch.org, silverbrooktranch.org, that, that website, and, um, and find where you can go and apply to come and, and be somebody that works either all summer or for a week during the summer, Or find some young people that you want to work with and come up and be their counselor and have them bring some of their friends and find out their age group. And if we still have room in those camps, come and join us.
0: Yeah. I I know it was foundational for me. You know, as soon as I was old enough, all of my high school career, I spent as soon as I got out of school until three days before school started uh, up here. And I was able to learn to grow. Why? Because the cool thing about this place is we give you responsibility. Um, and you know, if you want to help out in the dish room or on maintenance or helping the zip line, we teach you, we train you, uh, and we oversee you, but there's, there's the responsibility to lead and right. to learn how to lead, um, and to grow in your walk with Christ. And that's, it's a cool place to be. So if you are in college or in high school, we'd love to have you. Um, head over to org, hit the summer tab, go down to volunteer or summer staff. Uh, summer staff, you got to be in college or out of high school. But uh, if you want to volunteer, you could do that in high school. And we're always looking for people to come up and help out. And I guarantee you um, it will be probably one of the best things you could do during the summertime.
1: Yeah. I also want to encourage, if you're in that retirement age, or you're a teacher, you have the summers off, Yeah, you can come up here for a week, two weeks, three weeks at a time, and just help us out in areas uh, that we really need maturity with. For example, we need ski boat drivers, but not all day. Right. But we need someone who can drive a boat. Uh, we need people to drive um, vans just, mm-hmm. you know, to another, what is it? To the river. Yeah, to the river. A few and miles other down places the road, Because we want maturity to be able to, to drive so that we're, we're minimizing accidents and that kind of thing. So if anyone's out there that's saying, you know what, I wonder if, I could go serve for a week or two weeks in the summer. Yeah, go go to Silver Birch Ranch. Take a look. And if you're retired, you'd go to the volunteer tab. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Because yep. yeah, you'd be coming up for the summer and you'd be volunteering for a week or two weeks or whatever. And just fill, it, fill out the forms and, and, and get in communication with us. If you're in the, the Wisconsin, Illinois, Minneapolis area, whatever, come over and see us. Yeah. Come over for a weekend and volunteer and let let us get to know you and you can see if this is a good fit for you too. Because I think in the years to come, we're going to have more people here to serve who are retirement age. And then we get to put college and high school kids with them. And, boy, we get intergenerational thing going on here that could be very positive.
0: Right. And not only that, I think it's a fresh break um, from what has become our norm. And what I mean by that is you actually get to unplug and do life with people, right? You know, put screens aside and be out in the middle of God's beautiful creation, enjoying and watching kids run about, uh, having fun, building relationships, and even seeing God change their lives. Yeah, and it's amazing.
1: You know, one one of the interesting things that that I know from my educational background and just from being with people is, people need to communicate better, and they communicate better when they're looking at each other. A thousand percent, not, not, not on a screen. Not not Zoom, but actually looking at each other. There is in fact you check out any communication statistics and they'll tell you that you communicate mostly not just with words. Yeah. You communicate by tone. Mm-hmm. You communicate by by your eyebrows going up and down. I mean whatever else it might be that right. you're doing. So we're in trouble as a country because we've got so screen oriented. You were talking about that in education. If if you're frustrated about anything and yeah. uh, in an educational system, you're saying something about screen time. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: our previous episode, which you missed it, we were talking about just, you know, being intentional and in, 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 if you have kids and, and how to, you know, engage with them as they go to school. And so in between that episode and this episode, we were talking and, and I would say one of the biggest frustrations I have, because um, I have three boys, um, one of them is third grade, first grade and, and pre-K or 4K, depending on where what they call it in your part of the country um, or preschool, whatever. Uh, is is really the amount of screen time right. that that there is and um, and 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 here's the thing you know because more and more studies are are coming out to show the negative impact of screen time and I understand that technology is advanced enough where there's actually some really cool tools that come with it, whether it's different math programs or reading programs and access to things like that. you know, I think pretty much every school has, you know, Chromebooks now or something where they utilize them, something within the classroom. And so I understand that there is a, there is an advancement in that educational component, but here, here's what I don't get is we understand the negative impact of screen time. And yet the amount of time that, that sometimes my boys come home and say, oh, we watched this, this movie, or we did this today. Um, And it's just like, really like, you know, I understand, like when I was in school. Yes, we watch movies from time to time, but it seems like more on a regular basis. millimeter,
1: right? Yeah, or something. <laughs> they had to be loaded up, and someone bring a, a big machine in to see it.
0: Right, you know, but and here's here's really where where the the you know the ultimate kind of dialogue comes from is is I compare it to like even. You know, things that we struggle with with our own walk with Christ. You know, there's certain things in life that, that aren't necessarily bad, but they could be if you have too much of it. You know, so like food, for example. You know, if you eat too much food, you're going to get fat. Right. You know, and it could be bad for some people. Um, if you watch too much of anything, it could be bad. Why? Not that the stuff you're watching is necessarily bad, but if you're neglecting relationships and other stuff, then it becomes bad. And so that's what I would almost say screen time within schools become. Yes, I understand there's programs that help but do we always have to do math on a screen now you know what happened to the worksheets but not only that the other thing i just mentioned my boys happen to be on a field trip um today and it's it's ironic because you know field trips back in the day used to you know i remember going to the zoo i remember going to uh, all the you know going to a museum different things like that well they're going to um the aquatic center which is great they're going for a swim it's middle of january so awesome but then they're going to the movie theater as well and and here's the parents i'm like, really? You know, and it and it's and it's hard because obviously my boys are at a stage where it's like they they want to be part of it. You know, right. all of us have have a natural um, sense of inclusion and being part of what's going on, and so it's not like I'm going to be like, well, you don't really need to watch another movie. Don't go. It's right. like I'll I'll be able to send them, but it's it just makes me go oh, like really like they're doing something special. Um, this is I think the first field trip of the year. Yep, and they're they're going to a movie. Yep, hey, and. It,
1: I just don't get it. Almost probably all those kids could probably get those movies at home. Right. Or
0: they've probably already seen it. Like, it's just like, why can't we just do something fun, you know? And ironically enough, uh, I mean, here at Silver Ranch throughout the the wintertime, we offer to schools that come for like a a snow day, right? you know? And so they come because we have a tube hill, cross-country skiing, ice skating, and they just come and do their field trip here sometimes. And so ironically, the school that my son's a part of is going to the movie theater and and yet we have a different school that's here doing outdoor well, stuff.
1: Doing all the outdoor stuff. You so. know, so it's not like, yep. it,
0: it, it, I don't want to throw everything out. I'm just trying to engage in dialogue and 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 really point out because I noticed that there's always, there's always weaknesses in everything. And even as leaders, if you're not prepared, you always default to your weakness. Right. And even as parents, you know, I would say that um, if you're a parent out there, especially nowadays, there's always the temptation of, well, let's just... Let them watch something, you know, let them watch something on the, uh, on the iPad. Let them watch something, you know, on, on their tablet so that way we can get something done. And if you're listening, you probably resonated with that. That's the easy button. Yep. I get that. But what I'm challenging is, is is that easy button is getting closer and closer to being more detrimental to the development of our, our, our next generation, our kids, than putting in the effort. And so when it comes to the education system, I look at that and it's like, man, when I see is so much screen time, it's like, are the teachers not preparing? Right. Or are they relying too much? And like I said, if you're an educator, like I, trust me, I understand the amount of time and effort that goes into investing in lives of students. You know, it takes me almost eight months to plan a summer for young people. So I understand but I also understand that, that it does take more effort to do things that aren't based on the screen. Yep. Um, and so as a culture, I think we need to start awakening ourselves to the research that's being done saying we need to unplug more. Right. You know, and that, I think it starts across the board, not only as parents doing it at home, but then even within the classroom.
1: Yep. You know, and I think that the habits are longer term. A couple of things that you said sparked some thoughts in my old brain. Because uh, years ago I used to listen to uh, and read Gordon McDonald, who mm. uh, who I would suggest anyone read because I think he was a brilliant man. But bottom line is he used to have this rule. And, and rules are good because they kind of remind you of things that just are whether you like it or not. Yeah. So his rule was unplanned time always goes to your weakness. Mm. Yeah. That was his rule. Yeah. So he basically said if I'm going to get up on a day, day off, whatever it might be, and I didn't plan that day. If my weakness is sitting in front of a screen all day and watching movies, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. There are people that come home from work, they work all day, come home, they eat supper, they sit in their chair and they get up to go to bed. Yeah. Why, they didn't plan anything for the evening. Unplanned time always goes to your weakness. Yeah. So I I usually talk to the Nicolay Bible Institute students about this and say, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to develop a, in life. I want you to develop a habit of planning your time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure that all of them listen to me. In fact, I'm sure that most of them don't. <laughs> that isn't the case, though. I mean, the 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 bottom line really is I understand how important it is. And I'm not saying you need to plan every minute. Right. So here's the goal. Before they go to sleep, if I'm mentoring a young man, my goal for them is before you go to sleep, I want you to make a list of what you want to accomplish tomorrow. Yeah. Just make a list before you go to sleep. 100% of the time, if they do that, they come back and say, that was one of the most significant things that you taught me to do. Mm-hmm. And I think, really? Yeah. I didn't even, you, you didn't really even plan the day or anything. It was just a list. Here's what I want to get done tomorrow. Right. It's proven. You make a list. You write down what you need to get done tomorrow. You'll get far more done in life. Mm-hmm. Now, it, as a parent, you can make a list. Okay, here's things this month we want to do with the kids. Mm-hmm. here's things, that, you know, beginning of the week, talk with the kids about it. Okay, we got a week to plan. It's kind of like, you know, i found through through life that every, every night if you're alive you're pro- and you, you live in the United States, you're probably going to want to eat supper. Yeah. Now, if you don't plan it, what happens? You don't make anything good or you go out? It goes to your weakness. It I'm goes telling to your weakness. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, thankfully
0: here in the Northwoods, it's not like you can call up, you know, I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere and there's no restaurants. Yeah. So it's different. But, you know,
1: it's interesting. My wife and I are a little bit older, and and so we don't have kids in the house. We don't have to plan big meals. There are several times we're looking at each other going, supper? Right. What do you got in the fridge? Goes right to your week, whatever. What's sitting there that we can put in our mouth? You know, I mean, that kind of thing. So it's like, no, unplanned time. You, you know, it goes to your weakness. So mm-hmm. plan it. Right. And, and if you could teach your kids at the age they're at now, the simplicity of planning, not, right. not every minute of the day, but you know, after school today, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Do, do? Not only that, then they have something to look forward to. Right. They're not going to come home and go, I'm bored. Right. When you, when you have somebody come home and say, I'm bored, that means you didn't plan anything mm-hmm. because otherwise they would have been looking forward to something, got home they knew they had to get their homework done if that's the case so that you can go on, whatever it might be. And maybe you're just teaching them how to, you know, cut wood on a saw, you mm-hmm. know, or something. Or t- today we're going to do this. You know, every year I have things in my life, e- even at my age, where I say this year I'd like to do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've learned to trout fish that way. I, I found almost every kind of wild berry that grows up here that way. You know, now I'm I, I want to learn to weld this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, no, I'm going to get over there. I've got the teacher all ready to go. I want to learn to weld. It can't be that hard. And, uh, and I want to make something. Yeah. You know? So it's like, okay, now I'm still doing that at my age saying, I got to do that. Still goals are on the house. I got to fix this. We want to, whatever it might be. But if I get up and I don't have a plan,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, my weakness, I'll sit in a chair and I'll read. Yeah. You know, i I want to study something and come up with a message, even if I don't have to give it to anybody. Yeah. And, and so it's like, well, that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. It, it's not necessarily evil. Right. But I, I, I encourage you get your kids from a young age to write out what they want to do tomorrow. Yeah. That will be something that will benefit them all their life. Absolutely. Plus it's fun to check it off. Yeah. Oh, totally. And when you get, you just check the thing off. The other thing you were talking about screen time. Yeah. I was doing some research again for the Nicolay Bible Institute students and, um, Try and talk to them about how they use their time, because so much of life is uh, fruit-based. By that I mean the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. love, joy, peace. Fruit-based means what you absorb is going to affect that. Yeah. And that's the simplest way to understand fruit. Mm-hmm. So if you want fruit in your life, you watch what you absorb, you don't just try and make the fruit. You, you, the fruit comes automatically. And, and so I'm trying to show them where their time goes. Mm-hmm. The research right now shows, and again, you can go to any research I understand, find it, whatever, but I went to several, and, and what I came up with was the average person in the United States today spends 12 hours a day on a screen. Wow. And that's not work time. Wow. So their screens, whether it be their phones or their computers, their iPad, whatever it might be. Right. Or Chromebooks. They're, they're in front of them all the time. Right. And they don't know how to- I believe it. Survive without that. Yep not only that as a teacher i'm concerned because what i'm finding is people can go and learn anything they want to on youtube mhm okay right then you go well teachers profess no they can learn on youtube by looking yeah but there's something with a person to person instruction that makes a huge difference yeah now if if i'm with you and i'm teaching you how to use a chainsaw whatever it might be i am watching you Mm -hmm. while you do it i didn't just put it on a, a video for you to take a look at and follow right i'm watching you now i can correct you i can stop a bad accident i can but because i'm standing right with you and i can read your body language and i can see what you're doing if we change teaching to youtube or screen based only we're gonna be in trouble but we're already in trouble if people are 12 hours a day in front of a screen yeah now all of a sudden artificial intelligence Everything artificial is what's important. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you, you know, I think the best thing you're doing in in that sense is no screen time. Not not only that, but your kids, I mean some, but not. Your kids, you're driving somewhere. Mm -hmm. With the size of televisions today, how many televisions at night do you see on in people's houses? Oh, tons. So what are they gathering as the norm? Yeah, there's always. And not only that, the televisions are the size of the walls. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's I just huge. got myself a 4,000-inch television. Yeah. It's like, wow, how can you? The people are bigger than real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really big. You know, I mean, unbelievable. I was talking to a guy once, and he was talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to, you know, television. And I said, so, do you have a real big one in your living room? Oh, yeah, and he went into it. <laughs> I'm thinking, you ever think about getting, like, a little black-and-white one that is hard to see? Yeah. Why would I do that? Because it would make you want to watch it less. Yeah. I mean, do we want to do that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Even make it less convenient to watch it?
0: Yeah. And it's not even just watching stuff. I mean, if you're listening to this, I I, I would challenge you, whether it's a day or for a week, write down how many times, just with your phone, right. you take it out and look at it or do something on it. Right. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, it, part of the research, again, and I'm close on these, so I'm not 100% sure, is The average person at work, when they're getting paid by the hour, the average person has two hours of personal time that they're stealing from the company. Yeah. Okay, so figure that out. So if you have 10 workers, that's 20 hours a day. Yeah. That is stolen from the company. So the company now has to hire more people to cover those things. Right. And, And really. Well,
0: and I'm sure that skyrocketed at work at home situations. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You know. Anyway, those are things I think that people can start uh, trying to figure out how they can have a positive infl- influence in their child while going to school. I would have them make lists in the morning. I would limit screen time because they're not going to limit it at school, so I, I would limit it. Yeah. Um, uh, I would put off giving your child a phone as long as you can. Oh, yeah. And if you can give them a phone that just makes a phone call and not Internet, mm-hmm. that might be a good thing too. And, I, again, I don't know all the technology right now, so I don't even know if that's available right it uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea if it's just they needed to call in case of an emergency to have one that doesn't connect to the internet either, yeah, and uh some companies should have that for us. We were going through a list in the last one though about yeah. things, and we were one one of the things on the list that challenges schools today is the idea of bullying mm. have you Have your kids experienced bullying at all? Um, I would say so, okay, whether directly or indirectly, did you ever experience bullying,
0: yeah. I did.
1: I did too. Yeah. So, so here's my question: Do we really try and eliminate bullying, or do we teach kids how to go through it? Right, and and you have to teach kids how to go
0: through it because it's never going to go away. Yeah. Because sin is sin, exactly. and it's always going to be there. You're always going to have some kid that's going to make fun or do something to somebody else. You yeah. know, and it's always going to happen because they're usually pretty smart when the teacher's not around or the parents not around. You know, and that's reality of it. And so we need to 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 better equip our young people to deal with it. I'm not saying that we don't do anything about it, right, but I think it's 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 a both and yeah. where you gotta teach how to deal with it and discourage it yeah
1: well you know i I think it's very hard when you get things going on like in washington d c where they bully each other, yeah, all the time they they say things to demean each other they they do things then we're telling kids not to bully each other, right. Well, well, just listen to the politicians.
0: Not only that, you listen to politicians, you listen to newscasters, you listen to anything. and I mean, it ties back into the media, media stuff. Anything. You know, we've become a culture where you could say anything you want without any consequences.
1: Exactly. So when we, we start getting on the case of, oh, you know, let's go deal with this bully. You know what I would suggest to as a parent? Yes, I think that we should acknowledge the fact that bullies are not right. The, but there are bullies everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we really need to teach somebody who they are in Christ and, and the fact that they will be bullied, and here's how you go through it. Mm-hmm. Look at the, uh, the the apostles. All yeah. of them were martyred. They were bullied. you got to quit believing this or we'll kill you. That's pretty bullyish right Right there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure we're going to eliminate the bully, but we really need to talk to our kids about when you are bullied, here's how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be a very frank conversation. At some age, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Do you think your boys would tell you if they were bullied or would they just clam up and not say anything because they'd be ashamed of the fact that somebody's bullying them and they don't want mom and dad to know about it?
0: I think we're, we're trying to teach them through that, yeah. you know, because the other thing that, at least at a young age, you know, and I think it's a cultural thing, you have the whole tattletale thing. Right. You know, and I think there's a huge difference between tattletaling and getting help huge difference you know and i think bullies will say tattletaling in all the situations but if somebody is is doing something to you to hurt you and you tell on them if here's here's the thing if you're telling on somebody because you actually genuinely care that's not tattling right and this is what i try to teach my boys if you're telling on them because you want them to get in trouble selfishly that's tattling right you know and and there's a difference there You know what I'm saying? And so I'm trying to to teach my boys, like, I want them to tell us, you know, but why are you telling me? Is it because you're, like, they're actually genuinely doing something that you think is wrong? You know, and we're trying to do that. I'd rather them tell me everything. Why? Because I want them to be willing to talk about everything. Right. Even if it is the most minute, silliest things. And and in the process, teach them, okay, let's talk about this. Are you doing this because you actually care or is it because you really want your brother to get in trouble? Right. You know, and dialogue about that. But I don't think we can have that dialogue because oftentimes we've gotten into the, at least in my generation, you know, you know, what is it? uh, Snitches get stitches. Oh yeah. You know, I don't know if
1: that was your gen, you know, and so you never, it was never good to be a snitch. Right.
0: Right. And, and that's the culture. And so we we say we don't want bullying, but then we don't set up a space for people to, To say because then we don't say don't be a tattletale. Right. And so how do we teach young people the difference between the two? And I think that's the core of it is we need to teach people to communicate but to do it well.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you said a a mouthful there as far as we also have to evaluate the the child's personality. Right. You know, as a kid, if somebody bullied me, I was a peacemaker. Yeah. Go ahead and bully me. Right. I was actually no fun to bully. Right. And that's how how I was. So I wouldn't even tell my parents about it because it's like – I wouldn't do that I wouldn't, yeah, because they'd say somebody bothers it's like somebody always bothers me, that's pretty normal, right yeah <laughs> I mean, I was a kid in a wheelchair, so I got made fun of I got I mean I got bullied that that's just life at that point, but I think I was secure enough in my family where I understood how to go through that, yeah, and that th- these people I would look at them and go, that's your problem, not mine, right you know, I can't help the problem that you know I'm, I'm on crutches or wheelchair, or whatever I can't help that, but you're an idiot. You know, in my head as a kid, you yeah. know, I was saying that. But the same thing was being a peacemaker, you'd have to pull out of me that somebody was doing something wrong. Yeah. Why? Because I don't want i don't want peace to be broken. Right. So I don't want you going after them. I don't want, you know, I don't want anything. I can take the heat. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't take the lack of peace. Yeah. So it was one of those things. And I did find out that if you don't fight the bullies, they leave you alone eventually. Mm-hmm you know the 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 more you stood up to them the more they bullied you right and it was like well you're no fun you know you yeah. you just pliable so there are ways to actually treat bullies you yeah. know if you're if you keep insulting me online and it doesn't affect me at all eventually you quit right and that's really it i being on the radio quite a bit i've had people write me pages and pages of 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 what they disagreed with, whatever it might be, and they would love to have a a constant dialogue, and they've called me names. and You know what? I find if I ignore those, they go away. Mm -hmm. Why? Because, honestly, it doesn't affect me. And once they realize that it doesn't affect you, it's like, well, I'm wasting my time then. i got to go find somebody I can affect. Right. Well, that's a good thing to teach young people. Other people shouldn't control how you feel or how you think. You know, you need to be evaluating things on truth. If you're wondering what the truth is, come and have a dialogue with mom and dad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I tell young people all the time, whatever's on your mind, Kate used to talking to mom and dad about it. Go home. Yeah. Talk to them. Say, you know what? Somebody was talking about suicide today in class, or somebody was talking about uh, they're not really a boy, but they're a boy. You know Go home and talk about it. Yeah. And and make sure mom and dad are part of that discussion.
0: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of our discussions come back to the point of of instilling within our children the relatability that we need to have it's it all comes down to relationships you know so put the screens down and start having conversations with each other. Model that for your kids so that they know how to talk, how to communicate and share stuff with you. Because if you don't do it, if you don't model it, they're not going
1: to learn it. And read the Bible from a Bible in front of them and not on your screen. Yeah,
0: the more you could do physically with somebody, I think the more help it'll give. If that's the one thing that you could take away from this episode. But unfortunately, we're out of time again. I thank you for joining us. I encourage you to check out this podcast and others. But for now, for Jason and Dave on Younger Older, take care. Bye-bye. See you next time.